This is Transparency, a podcast by Gender Dysphoria Alliance, hosted by Aaron Kimberly and Aaron Terrell. Each week we'll be joined by people who have personal or professional experience with gender dysphoria and physical transition. We'll also discuss how our trans experiences relate to the concept of gender identity. Join us for a compassionate yet heterodox approach to the question of trans. Enyata is a detransitioned man who began social transition in 2013 at the age of 19 and HRT the following year. He ultimately detransitioned in 2015, since he has been gradually working through stages of self-acceptance. After taking a break from the whole topic of gender for a time, he began to get in touch with other detransitioners in late 2018, and in 2022, he began to write and speak publicly about his experience on Twitter and Substack. He hopes to share what he's learned about the draw to identify as a woman and how he has come to accept and even love being a man. And here's our conversation with Anyata. Welcome back to Transparency. Um, I'm Aaron Terrell. Uh, he is Aaron Kimberly, and we are uh, very happy to have Enyata here with us today telling his story. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So like we were saying um, uh, before we recorded, why don't we just start with you kind of just kind of telling your your story, like early life, um, adolescence, the whole when the whole transition uh, appeal uh, came into the picture, and then obviously your subsequent uh, detransition, and yeah, anything, everything, uh, all in between. So just yeah, tell your story as as you see fit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of elements to things, so I'm gonna try not to get too caught up on things, um, on all the details. But uh, I guess the way I would start is, um, uh, you know, I mean, just from a really early age. Um, it's pretty clear that I just, um, I mean, looking back on it, it's very clear that I um, had a lot of, there was a lot of disconnection in the family. Um, and I try not to go into too much detail about, about my family. I mean, my parents are good people, um, but uh, I, I still don't totally understand like why there was that, but um, I just didn't feel the kind of like closeness looking back, like, you know, why, why I didn't like seem to have this, uh, uh, I guess, uh, trust, uh, openness, uh, with my parents. Um, but that's something that I think has been a really, um, important part of the whole, um, everything that led to, to the gender identity confusion, um, was, uh, there was kind of a, I, I found that I had to, be really emotionally independent from a really early age, even though I was clearly dependent on my parents. Um, they took care of me. They took care of my material needs, made sure I got a good education. Um, when I look back on it, it's, it's clear that it was, uh, had a, had a strong sense that like, I just take care of myself emotionally. If I have difficult feelings, I'm not going to just had no, it wasn't even a question to like really bring it to my parents unless it became like absolutely necessary. Like if there was some sort of like material thing at stake, like I actually had to tell them. Um, so were they, that, of, they kind of like emotionally closed off people. Is that what, what you mean? Um, my mom was, she got really depressed after, um, I was born. Um, she was really depressed for a while and she, I mean, she struggled with depression and, um, and then the, my parents' relationship got, I mean, it doesn't seem like it was great uh, for quite a while, but 
um, it seems that their relationship was breaking apart um, shortly after I was born. Um, whereas uh, my dad, um, you know, but it's not like my mom was always emotionally closed off, just very inconsistent, I think. Um, and then, uh, you know, she could be a, you know, she, she clearly cared a lot about being a good mother. Um, but she also just sometimes was not, I think, uh, it was just emotionally absent, uh, not, not available. Um, and then my dad, um, was really not, not an unemotional person. Um, he had, uh, a very kind of, uh, overdone kind of stereotypical attitudes about masculinity though. Um, so like, um, he could be like silly and he could be angry. Um, but when it came to like maybe more like sensitive, delicate emotions, um, that was kind of like, why would, why would a boy or why would a man want to like, want to do that? Like, would a, want to sing or dance or something like that. Um, and, uh, I think that, that, um, I mean, from, from what I've learned and uh, gained about my, my psychology is that, um, well, when, I mean, a, a, a child is, is always dependent on their, their parents or their caregivers to, to figure out how to emotionally regulate themselves. Um, and if you don't have the trust to turn to your parents um, for difficult feelings, then you're just never going to learn how you actually regulate difficult emotions. So I think um, I had the sense like I don't I don't really trust them when it comes to my emotions uh, I know that they'll take care of me with other stuff but like when it comes to like personal I just didn't have like a personal sense of like relationship with them um I, I still kind of struggle to understand why although it all kind of makes sense with just like um you know when I think about it there's things that are strange about them uh, both my parents um and their relationship was falling apart um they didn't it's not like there were like anything bizarre about them or that they were like nearly abusive or something so i think that when when a child is trying to be emotionally independent like from a really early age like toddler age um you know they can't do it you you don't gain independence until you first dependent on someone else to teach you how to become independent and uh I think that that's what got me stuck in my head, became a very cerebral person. I never stopped being an extremely emotional person. I've always been an extremely emotional person. I have a really uh, like rich inner life, uh, vivid inner life, really creative. Um, drawing was like the, the drawing and telling stories were something like I took up when I was really little. I was like instead drawing in my class. Um, I eventually took up music as my main like art form. Um, but uh, but uh, the the further along I went in childhood, uh, the more I um, kind of kept my rich emotional life inside um, and art, but on my body, like I was, it was super awkward and and um, and weird to show emotions because I was like. It felt like my emotions would just be either really awkward or they'd be like over the top or bizarre. I just, it's like by the time I was like, you know, uh, puberty, middle school, um, you know, it was sort of like, I don't even know what it would look like if I was to be emotionally free. 
um, but it probably would just be bizarre and jarring um, and, and maybe really like feminine or something. Um, it's really hard to it was hard to tell. But when I, I mean, look up just a little bit when I was in elementary school, I was like super um, expressive. I, I maybe I would I would get really really shy around adults. I'd be really expressive around my friends, and it was sort of like I don't know maybe if I was like playing with my friends over here, but there were adults around or something, I might be like a little bit guarded. And then if I was just with my friends, I'd be like really expressive. And then like the closer adults were around, the the more like the less expressive I would get. Then eventually, once it got closer to puberty, now being um, like expressive and fun and creative and silly is no longer what friendship is about. Now it's all about being cool and being sexy. Um, like then also I became like afraid of my peers too. Uh, I just bottled up like all of my emotions. So by the time I was in middle school, um, in high school, um, I was known as like the really creative kid, uh, or you know one of the really like artistic, like you know really good at drawing. Um, especially like I was like I drew like comics all throughout um, elementary school and would still draw like these really like silly like surrealistic bizarre comics and stuff in middle school and. Um, and I was really good at playing the drums, which was probably the only thing that made me cool um, at all was, was being a good drummer. Um, That's the most but, masculine yeah. instrument, too. Yeah, yeah, right. And very, um, very physical. You know, very, um, really got a lot of, you know, physical energy out of me and, and rhythm. Um, and that, yeah, I like, I wish, I wish that I got into dancing at time, too. Um, but drumming was a great, great thing for me. Eventually got into guitar and, and piano, but I was known as the as a really good drummer. And uh but but still people saw me as being like unemotional. But would it and it seemed like everybody had a different, slightly different take on me. Like I just didn't really know where I fit in. Um because people would see me as being unemotional in like a peaceful way, like I'd be like really chill. Um then other people would see me as unemotional, like um, like they'd think I'm angry or they would think that I was just kind of like kind of like off-putting like what like he just doesn't have any emotions like what's going on with him kind of um uh but I don't know but at the same time like I don't know I got along with a number of different groups like I kind of like mingled around a bit um I don't know it just seemed like nobody really knew what to make of me um I didn't really pay attention to other people very closely like I um had a weird way of um well okay so in 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 middle school I had this terrible phase of staring at girls too much because <laughs> when I first started going through puberty I like could not handle how like cute I thought girls were and there were like a couple of girls who I crushed on and I mean I just stared at them too long I just stared at them too much it wasn't good um you know and I got like mortified by that and had zero concept of like how to you know, maybe make a girl like me because I was just way too nervous. Like I couldn't be myself. Like I was already insecure and had social anxiety with just peers in general, um, but girls especially. Um, so like a couple of times I would just like hope that some girl maybe had like noticed me and was interested and I'd just like skirt out and she would say no. And go, okay. And um, you know, move on. But just 
is is just dumb. But um, I did I did manage to have like one girlfriend uh, early in high school, um, which was not a great match. But you know, I gave you know it out. You know, we we gave it a go for a couple of months, um, and and it didn't work out. It felt weird. Um, you know, I I like. I liked her. She liked me, um, but I did. I did notice that um, if she kind of wanted, like, um, she wanted a tall, handsome guy to like lean on, kind of girlfriend sort of thing, um, and despite like finding her attractive, it felt like a super weird position for me to be in. Like, I felt like I wanted to be in her position, so I did start to notice that kind of thing. I, I was 15 um, at that time. Um, and, you know, then there were still some girls who like, I really like really would have loved to, to get to know and, and go out with, but was just way too, too nervous with them um, that I, um, I eventually well, I found I found it incredibly painful to um, to get rejected, um, and just just the nerves already. Um, I just found it way too anxiety inducing. I really like gave up on the idea of uh, of having a girlfriend about halfway through high school. Um, also, um, back up a bit in order to catch up to that part of the story. Um, you know, I mean, I got addicted to porn like the moment pretty much I stumbled on it. Um, when I, I would have been 12, maybe 13, I think it was 12, like right when puberty hit. Um, and it seemed to be this thing. I had this whole dilemma, uh, about, about that sort of thing. Like, um, I mean, I, I felt, I felt like it was like destroying me like instantly too, because I could feel like what a strong hold it had on me. Um, I made, made like this white knuckle willpower, like efforts to stop. Um, when I was 14, I remember having like a whole, I wrote a bunch of, in my journal a lot those days. Um, and, uh, I remember like almost filling a whole journal of like this time, uh, where I was like trying to, trying to like stop writing about that. Um, and it just didn't quite inkling it. Like when you, when it has that kind of a hold on you and it's like meeting some kind of, uh, psychological need or or something that you you don't have a healthy way of dealing with like just you know sheer willpower is not going to cut it um so i had i had no resources no way to like deal with that um that was just a sheer like raw emotional um need of some kind um that you know i'm just like you know that was really showing that like i don't have a hold of my emotions i'm not this controlled emotionally controlled person who just, you know, uses my sheer intellect to just, you know, control myself. Puberty and uh, how were you? That. Yeah. Um, how were you introduced to, to porn? Was it online that you just stumbled upon it or did someone introduce you to it? Yeah, yeah actually. Um, I, uh, I think I remember like one time, like a, it was just like a friend of mine and I, um, were like, I think we were like, kind of like asked, like we actually like didn't know what like a vagina looked like so we were like we were like wait a minute what if we like looked up on google like naked girl we just did that and then you know, we still have our when we saw this picture 
And from then on, I was kind of like, wait a minute, this is actually like all the time online. So it was just kind of like bound to happen, it seems like. And just to put in, in, the, in, the, in the context of time, how old are you right now? So like what year would that have been? Oh. Um, how old am I now? Mm -hmm. I'm 30. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you definitely grew up with constant access to the internet. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, you know, right, right around the time that like, yeah, every home had a, had internet access. So yeah, I mean, um, sorry to go back a bit. I'm going to really quickly get back to where I was, but, um, in case, in case, in case I um in case I didn't make it clear, it was um it was kind of like almost like overactive when I was like very young, like very expressive. I think it was sort of the embarrassment of like getting in trouble, even though like I was known like not to be like a troublemaking kid, but like I was like really distractible. Um and uh and and I found it I just found it mortifying to be like um chastised for being like too much sort of i think that that was just one of the one of those things that made me just like want to squash it and be like okay i need to just use the mind live internally like, clamp down yeah and um yeah and just have kind of the illusion that i can just like use my just my raw like sheer intellect to direct myself um you know so so yeah that that kind of accounts for the emotionlessness um in middle school high school um and then and then the lack of social like sensibility that that goes with that maybe being like a good social observer in some ways but not having the like actual concrete physical learning how to intuitively um join in on all the social games so i kind of fancied myself somebody who doesn't need that too like i'm i'm okay being alone even though again I had friends, but um I was usually pretty like reclusive. I kind of kicked in and out about my friend groups. I still have that tendency to do that when I have friend groups. Like they all get together and then I like pop in from time to time. And um you know, I've I've definitely um, developed a lot more socially in my twenties, as much as that's been a good time kind of catching up. But um yeah, so like halfway through um halfway through high school you know the idea of having a girlfriend just seems like this that's something that happens to other people mom it's not gonna happen to me um and uh i guess i guess for the it was like okay it was toward the end of middle school that i first just like thought about like like oh like yeah it why why is it um so like embarrassing to be gay like it seemed like that's really sad for people who who uh, are gay like that they have to deal with that um then um uh, i started to just like be introduced to like um different sexualities and the idea of different gender identities and things around that time too and uh i was in like the gay straight alliance in my high school um so it was, it was kind of there it was just from other students it wasn't like online stuff i didn't get into online communities um when it came to like trans or queer um, i just kind of learned that from like a pretty small group of students um but some of them were kind of kind of radical minded sort of 
you got oh so, so that would have been like about 15 years ago right so again i'm just trying to con put this in the in the in the context of the the kind of cultural shift uh that yeah. i was we in high through. school between 2008 and 2012 okay okay so still that's kind of kind of pre-total wokeness but there's still a lot yeah. of kind of yeah yeah, I, I look back and I mean, I still I still see some of these um, people on Facebook and their posts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the, these were the kids who were kind of the the pre woke kids. They really were kind of, you know, you, making some of those talking points uh, then. And it was interesting because, like, I um I sympathized with what they were saying in a lot of ways. But I also kind of was de I was kind of even detached from that stuff. Um, like I was very sort of like um you know yeah like anybody can identify as you know however and like that's fine um but i didn't i, I wasn't always on board with a lot of the their political sensibilities um it seemed kind of um busy body-ish sort of um i just i was not like that i mean I've, i was just always like a really like passive sort of person and so i wouldn't have really challenged them but i was kind of like okay they're they're kind of radical uh, I'm not really interested in that. I just know that I have like weird gender feelings and I just want to figure that out like for myself. Um, when you, you know, were drawn to the, 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 the gay straight Alliance, did you, and you were saying that kind of around the same time as when you had that girlfriend and you were kind of like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the boyfriend. I want to be the girlfriend. Did you, were you aware of that? Those two feelings were the same source? Um, no, I mean, when I when I think about just like what the experience is like, it's kind of just like, well, girls are pretty, so why wouldn't I want to be pretty? So I mean, it it kind of feels like it is the same thing, um, but it uh, it feels like it's just it is kind of just that simple. Mm -hmm. um, but did, I, did I you imagine? Did you imagine that people would somehow treat you differently if you were a girl? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I started thinking that thought, um, you know, pretty much probably following that time with her, actually. I think uh, I was already, like, identifying as bi at the time, and uh, knowing that you guys might know, I guess, what these terms mean. I'm not, like, all, like, up on, like, the sexology stuff, but I've heard the term pseudo-bisexual. I really feel like that applies to me. Um, like, you know, I basically, I like, I, I was you know, perfectly comfortable with like being with a guy, but it's not like I had uh, like a draw, uh, like a um, like a draw to their appearance. Like I wasn't sexually attracted to guys. Um, I just felt like, well, I'd be comfortable being with a guy and like, it would be kind of cute to be like two, two boys together, sort of. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't until quite a bit later, like when I started identifying as trans that I started to see like that I, felt like would enjoy like the complementarity of being like feminine and having like a strong like sort of dominant so to speak uh man uh, but yeah it was there, there was just kind of like a whole mix of of interpretations i didn't really settle on one uh, at the time in high school like the later half of high school that i started thinking um like I started wearing like skinny jeans and wearing like my mom's sweaters. Um, I was about like, I, I liked just wear, dressing like androgynously. I didn't really think like I'm going to like actually dress like a woman. Um, 
like but i liked i like the 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 very androgynous look i i really liked the word androgynous i thought of myself as like a feminine guy um but then it was sort of like well that feels good um that feels right but then i was like then again like it feels like the only reason why i'm thinking i'm a feminine guy or an androgynous guy is because i have a male body so this is like what i'm to work with but it's like if i was born female like i would be like whatever about the androgyny like i would just be feminine um you know and i don't think that i you know i i don't think that i thought in like crazy like stereotypes or anything like at the the gay straight alliance and i know well like that there are like um you know masculine girls and and all this stuff and that i have probably my masculine side but i was like it seems like there's very little about my personality that's masculine it just seems like um not all girls are super feminine but like the average girl uh you know likes to be feminine and so i i it seems like well i would have just been like an average girl um and when i started to think about that that was really devastating to me to think well what if i had just been like i said on the documentary what if i had been born female uh, it was just like like oh like actually that uh it was kind of like a thought that was like a little bit too much to bear in a way like it, just the fact that it was a 50 50 chance and um that it just seemed like everything about me would have just been very simple and straightforward whereas now i have to be this like androgynous gender non-conforming queer kind of ambiguous sort of whatever and I, and I was like maybe that's kind of cool i mean maybe that's cool to be you know it's unique but i was like you know i mean after a certain point like that's kind of less exciting being like super weird and out there and unique um as much as i'm like into like all this like outsider like art and weird avant-garde art and stuff i was like you know i, I mean i feel like i would just like to like have some normalcy and that there would have just been normalcy if I was a girl. Um, I wouldn't have, have had to make a show out of it um, or like draw attention to myself. I could have just slipped right in. That was my sense, you know. You know I, Did you also feel like like, true, like being emotionally expressive would have been acceptable if you were born a girl as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was what it was all about. Okay. With my artistic sensibilities, I mean, I, I wished that my like... I mean, it was like nothing that mattered to me more than art and music. Um, and it felt like, you know, I would say to people like the, the, like you can, you can get a better idea of what I'm like by listening to the music I write than like anything that I can tell you. Um, and I wrote like, again, like really weird music. Some of my music was very like, um, felt like it was like even my way of like laughing at, my, at myself. Like it wasn't intended to be anything in particular. It just was like the way the music came out. But I thought, like, I wished so much that I would like less restrained about my music. Um, like I, I felt like my music was so weird and so just kind of raw and and uh, I let it be whatever it turns out to be because, uh, yeah, there was just like no other way for me to just be completely like unfiltered. Uh, sort of, um, I I wished that it could have been like maybe more of like a performance artist that I could have like maybe that I could sing or dance, you know, something that would bring together my whole body 
that would be expressive. So, um, yeah, we've, I'm, I'm we've heard from others that we've interviewed too that theme of of normalcy, right? That you've got this cluster of personality traits, some of which are probably just intrinsic to you, and some, you know, probably developed through environment, which is the case with all of us, right? But, but I have just noticed that theme that. that in a lot of people that we've spoken with, just wanting to to be normal, right? Trying to make sense of your own personal characteristics. Some of those may not seem typical for your sex, at least to yourself or, or maybe to others around you. And just this drive, I just want to fit in and be normal and be able to socialize with other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a unfortunate and, and un unfair um, stereotype that, sure is is true a lot of the time that that people who identify as trans are like making a big show of it they're trying to draw all the attention to themselves i mean i can i can be that way in my own ways um there are ways that like yeah i wish people would notice me and i want to um draw attention to myself or a lot of ways like i'm looking at my childhood too like um that i really wanted to endear myself to people um that was a big thing. Um, that was the way that I go on a time that I fit into friend groups, um, whether or not they would have even realized that I was doing that. Um, a lot of times I was sort of like the shy, sort of um, the sweet shy friend who like people want to look out for, um, which came th which came through pretty clearly when I was transitioning, um, as other times. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, I think you know it's all a way of of trying to figure out how how I fit in, and uh, I think sometimes that can can take the form of feeling like you need to make some kind of an extreme statement, trying to break out of um, you're trying to break out of of where you've been fit into. Um, it is yeah, it is very complicated. So, what was the transition process like for you? Um, yeah, um, uh, I'll, I'll get there really quick, actually. Okay. Um, I just was remembering there's one thing I forgot to kind of tie up there. So when I brought up the, the porn thing, um, that created a big dilemma for me. Um, not only did I feel very gross about it, um, and it, it was kind of, um, it, it really fragmented my mind a lot. Um, it was kind of like, this is this gross animal bodily thing that just my body does um, and I can't seem to get a hold of it and like I shouldn't feel bad about it because it just is but like I just I do feel bad I like wish that I could have a hold of it but it sucks I don't know why I can't like stop I really like it was one of the things that I was like most disappointed with myself about but it was sort of like if I can just have that over here I can like take care of that over here and I can go like be a person and treat people like people over here and have friends. And I had a certain like idealism, this idealistic idea about um, about friendship that like physical attraction should have absolutely nothing to do with it, uh, like ever. Um, and uh, I felt like. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, it's only natural that people are going to be physically attracted to each other. That's not wrong. But um, if if physical attraction to someone else, like so much as factors into why you're friends with them, or why you like were initially drawn to try to talk to them, 
like then you don't actually know that there's a real basis to your friendship because what if that attraction isn't there what you're not going to care about them as a person anymore um seems like you kind of developed a very negative negative feeling about like sexuality in general because you associate it with porn right so there's this this dirty bad thing and then there's pure connection with people and you can't yeah okay Yeah, yeah for sure yeah and it um and I, th- I think that's, you know, like, I mean, part of, part of the reality is, is like, I mean, um, it is a stereotype that, that women don't struggle with porn. Like a lot of research is showing that there's a lot more women that, than people thought um, that struggle with that, but it still is way more men. Um, it's much more something that men struggle with and it just um, seemed and it's true to a good extent that, uh, that women have more of like just a control or their sexuality um so that seemed to go into the kind of idealizing of girls and women i didn't even really go into i guess how i seem to really idealize girls like at an early age that there was this like sense of like untouchability about them like this kind of um the sort of feeling of them being pure and delicate but in a very like to me it seemed like a very like ennobling kind of way um, like the other special um but then middle in the middle of childhood like early childhood also it's just kind of like girls are dumb i, I definitely went through that was just with the boys and everything was very easy and simple in that way um but yeah uh sexuality was a big yeah like that's um so much of i think why i transitioned was was to get away from sexuality like period um and I felt, uh, yeah, I had, I just had this ideal that it's, um, it would be much better to have no sexual needs. And that if I have to, like, if I just unfortunately have to take care of it over here with porn, like, then I'll get it out of my system. Um, and then I'll, yeah, focus on, on people. And uh, so I guess I saw, you know, that that part of me as well. This is the conscious part of me. This is the part of me that's making decisions. I'm choosing to um, focus on friendship and the goodness of friendship and people. Um, so that's me. That's what I decided to do. This other stuff. This is what my community does. That's not me. Um, like in a way, like it it breaks down like that. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that good part is, is, you know, seems to be, seems to get associated with, with women, femininity. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, okay, yeah, so I was, you know, dressing a little bit androgynous, a little bit feminine in high school, but then when I noticed actually girls were a little more interested in me, like some girls actually just, very quickly started to express attraction toward me when I started dressing that way, growing my hair out a bit. Um, kind of, I mean, honestly, kind of the way that I'm dressing right now, like not that much different. Um, not in any really like dramatic way, but it just, uh, before I was a bit like just kind of slobbish and didn't really care that much about my appearance. Um, and when I noticed that, um, the girls kind of like paid attention to me more, for this short time i was like wait a second that's that's bad though like they're, they're talking to me because only because i'm attractive so 
I actually like I I wanted to I like I really felt comfortable like dressing that way like I like kind of the tight clothes like um not you know again nothing like crazy but just like you know just the tightness of like skinny jeans and um girl sweaters and um and the long hair and I uh I just stopped dressing that way like in my hair I just tried to just dress in this like default way and felt like there was something really like um virtuous about that uh that that was like the right way to be like to not distinguish yourself with your appearance um and uh so I I, I did that for a while and then um then when I went to college um it didn't take that long I was within at some point later in the first year of college and I went right after high school um that I was like, um, well, I was going to like, now I was going to the pride group there and it's a bigger group. Um, there's a bit more energy, I think there. And, uh, and I did really kind of miss dressing that way. And I felt like I had a bit of a chance to, to, um, not like reinvent myself, but just, you know, start fresh. Um, meet a bunch of people who don't already have a set of assumptions about me. Um, in fact, I, yeah, in fact, I, um, started using, um, a version of my first name. I won't say, um, that is usually a girl, a girl would use, but sometimes a boy would, uh, but, um, I started using that as soon as I went to college, even though I wasn't dressed, I wasn't presenting any, I was, I was looking entirely like a guy. Um, uh, at first, but I did start using that, that name. And, uh, and then, I don't know, I just, um, I, I still was exploring like gender identity and stuff, um, and, and still feeling all the same ways. So I did start to think, um, you know, I can't remember if there was anything really specific that prompted it, but it just, yeah, eventually I started wearing some of the same, like, uh, more androgynous feminine sort of clothes and uh and then it was uh you know and then just in the back of my mind I'm thinking about all that stuff and I had a friend who asked me um uh he just asked me kind of randomly like kind of like impertinently um he was like he was like do you see yourself as more of a boy or a girl and I was like well I see myself as kind of both but if I was to really be honest, I see myself more as a girl and like all my friends were kind of excited about that. Um, like none of them in, in this, this particular group um, wasn't like all like the pride group people. Like there were some of them, maybe a couple of them were like, we were, it was, uh, but, but they weren't really like, they just, they just all liked the idea. They, um, especially some of the girls, like it, it just kind of like, was like exciting. Um, Cause I think, you know, I probably came across in a certain way that they were like, they were kind of like, yeah, I can see that. And um, I, I just kept thinking about that in the back of my head. So second year of college, um, I'm just dealing with a lot of just and anxiety, social anxiety. Um, and it just comes out of nowhere. Um, I just had these like waves of depression. Um, just, you know, no really insight into where it comes from. So 
I was just unhappy. I didn't really have like a great sense of direction, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, wasn't tremendously satisfied with my social life. Um, okay. Going in and out of having a friend group for a while and then, and then feeling distant from them. And uh, so I started going to therapy uh, first to the therapist that the college, that the college provided, but they only give you a couple of sessions and then they, try to refer you to somewhere um, outside. And um, that was where I mentioned, like on the, again, on the Lost Boys documentary um, that I just said, like I have these waves of, of depression and anxiety that comes out of nowhere. Um, I have a lot of social anxiety and mentioned, I was, I, I was purposely like kind of like leaving this last or somewhere in the middle of a list of different things I wanted to address. I was like, I sometimes feel like I'm a girl and wish that I was a girl. Um, and I said, I, I want to, I really want to approach that question, but I, I specifically said, like, I want to approach that slowly, um, cause I feel like I might be trans, but that just seems like that's a huge like thing to, you know, figure out and to, um, decide, like, that would be such a big decision to, to transition or, um, you know, and it, it always, it always struck me as like, it just seems like a, kind of a, a really unrealistic task to think that, you know, with my, like, I have a fixed bone structure, all this stuff, I have a really deep voice, um, the way that I am, like, it, it seems, it doesn't seem likely that with all the work that I would put into it, that after all that work to get myself to just sort of resemble a woman, that that would be better than if I figured out some way to make peace with being um that was going that was going on through my head I don't remember exactly to what extent I laid all of that out but I was saying that I wanted to be you know slow uh, cautious about it and I had the feeling that you know like because there was a part of me that really did want to just come out and just say like I feel like a girl I do like I was the way I felt so I was like I feel like I'm a girl um so I'm trans part of me could have done that I wanted to be cautious. And I thought though, that if I had just came out and said that, I, I really expected like, I would get kind of like a pat on the head, like, okay, like, you know, come on, like maybe, maybe you are, but like, you know, this is a really big decision. You cannot just jump into something like that. I, I assumed that, you know, the mental health professionals would have that, that type of, of caution, both caution and openness to it. Cause I knew that it was becoming, you know, more accepted. Um, this was now 2013. Um, and, but, you know, then the, uh, therapist, he said, okay, yeah, you, you laid out like a, a list of the things that you wanted to talk about. And he said, I know that you mentioned, um, that you want to approach that, uh, you know, your feelings, uh, about being a girl that, that you wanted to approach that slowly. He was like, I understand why you would, you would want to take that slow, but he was like, you know, um, that is something that. I really think you're not going to want to put off. We're really going to want to um, hit this head on um, because people who feel that way, uh, normally those feelings don't go away. And um, it's becoming more and more understood by mental health professionals that the normal way that people who feel that way um, uh, find satisfaction in life is to transition. And when I heard that, I was just sort of like, wow, I just thought I was being, I thought I was, being reasonably cautious but it turns out oh i mean you know 
I guess typical of me to just be like way over cautious and be you know indecisive and um not be bold enough like I should you know I you know like this is a mental health professional who's looked at what lots of other people have done like if if there were lots of people like making a crazy mistake by just jumping into this then they would certainly know about it um so you know I didn't immediately jump on board but that really like took down a ton of my like um my, my caution that I had around it and uh, they said you know look up you know maybe other people who have gone through that and see you know what their experience is like and he said if uh, you know and, and if, if if you're okay with it like uh, we, we think like you should look up um like a gender therapist so i did um started seeing a, a therapist nearby in town who um had a li listed on his page um specialization in, in gender dysphoria um i looked up other other people who transitioned and i just yeah i just thought yeah, I want to do that. And wow, it works for them. Um, I didn't think it worked for many people, but apparently like it works for, it seems like it works for so many people. Um, so I was just on hormones for, or no, uh, I was not on hormones yet. I was, um, I went to like one or two sessions with this, or just like one session with this new therapist. And um, he had just suggested, why don't you try socially transitioning uh, first to see how you like it? Um, make sure that it does feel right um, so you know there was it wasn't like you know immediately they just like gave me hormones um, I did socially transition for like six months first and it felt really good I just um after I kind of like had um, sorted that out like kind of yeah established that with the, the therapist I thought well I should go ahead and tell my mom definitely not going to tell my dad um, yeah. my mom um, I thought it might be weird for her, but um, at least I could tell her as like, if I'm going to do this, like then it, it, I don't, it's going to be totally secret. Um, Just before you move on too much from, from that experience with the gender therapist. So this is somebody that was advertising that they were, they specialized in gender dysphoria, but it took only two visits for them to recommend a social transition. I mean, how much did that therapist sort of, cause it, obviously you've been very thoughtful about this and have, have explored all these different variables that led to those feelings and your decision, but did that therapist help facilitate any of that expo exploration for you? I mean, we talked about it a lot. Um, yeah, I think back and I, I can't really remember that much, like what we even talked about. I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways, like um, we were talking about, because um, I'm still, I was still just trying to deal with like just, depression, anxiety, just very like big general, like emotional issues that I didn't yet understand. And I would just kind of talk about whatever was on my mind. Uh, and a lot of what was on my mind was, was transitioning, but it was like, it was sort of like, you know, why don't you go ahead? You know, um, if, if you like the idea, which I did, like I was, I was like waiting for in a way, like a, a, a reason to be able to just, you know, um, socially transition it sounded exciting and, and fun and uh and then it, the idea was we'll be talking about it as you go sort of so i mean we did talk about it but yeah there wasn't it's not like there was any like challenging about about it um it was more 
Uh, in fact, I, I recently found the letter that he wrote after six months that he wrote to the endocrinologist to um, approve me for, for HRT. And he mentioned um, like that the some, something to the effect that like we're, um, uh, you know, she is still, uh, we're still meeting uh, so that she can like um, talk about kind of the, the struggles of, of accepting and like, um, and kind of like accepting this, uh, like uh, having, having gone so much time in life, like not living according to her true identity, sort of, um, it was more like, um, it was more kind of just taken for granted that like, this is the way that you feel like, what else like what else could it be other than that you're trans um and this the the emotional problems that you're going through is because you know you're mourning the fact that you i mean he it's not like he's simply telling me this like i i started to really feel this way like i was mourning like you know like i wish that i had gone through all the steps of um you know being born female being a little girl getting to you know making friends as a little girl growing up having you know going through all these stages all these um uh uh you know all the all the steps of maturity and just kind of being able to naturally um uh, mix in as a, a woman among women um so he mentioned like you know that she like in the letter, like she mourns that she didn't get to go through girlhood and all that. So, uh, I'm sorry, I forget what was your question. Just what you know, what what it was like in the in the room with the therapist, and and did the oh. therapist help facilitate your process? I mean, because you've obviously gone through a very self reflective process. Did anyone at any time help you with that process, or is that just something that you've done on your own? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, for the most part, I had to do it on my own. I mean, I think, you know, just as a, I mean, it, it's weird because it's like, as a therapist, um, the whole like formation thing, is just kind of like this one exception to like how you actually can effectively be a therapist. Like he, he was able to help me like talk through emotional issues in general. Um, you know, working through like a tumultuous social life and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, but then when it comes, then when it comes to to feeling uh, not able to identify with my own sex, that's you know that's not really something to to discuss. It's just obvious why why I would feel that way. It's because I'm really a woman. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I it was like I was I was building up. A certain like a, a fair amount of insight about myself probably even was helpful to why I detransitioned um pretty quickly too um because I turned back pretty quick um, but yeah it's not like he was helping me um directly to to resolve that mm -hmm. so how long had you been on hormones yeah so um I was on the hormones for like um like 15 16 months and uh I'm super lucky. Like uh, I've known people, I've known guys who were on hormones for a shorter amount of time than that, and were left with permanent um, effects. And I wasn't like 
I've, I've, uh, as far as I can tell, like there's no permanent effects left on my body. Um, I've had my hormone levels checked um, since then and they're back to normal. So really grateful for that. Good. I heard in the documentary you, you, um, you, when you were trying to live as a woman, um, you were very, very aware of your maleness at that time, right? And it was that kind of part of the motivation to detransition because you, you were basically saying that like I can't undo this deep like I think maybe you understood it as male socialization but now you kind of probably come to realize that it's just no just a fact of biology um, um I mean I, I think it's both I've always felt like it's well sure um, yeah 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 I've, I've always felt like um yeah you can't really separate the two that much um like you're you're born male and society always um receives males and females differently um you know of course you know if you if you're if you're passing very well people will receive you differently but then you've still went through a whole different socialization leading up to that time and that's going to change the way that you see yourself and um and that's going to affect the way that others will receive you and um yeah i mean it was uh but yeah i i think there's a lot a lot about biology to it too like i just have a very like inherently male masculine sort of personality even if i have certain things that you could call feminine um you know i i but that was, that was a big um part of the uh difficulty that i that i had was i mean everybody almost everybody that i talked to accepted me as a trans woman uh as as a woman they people were super respectful to me like nobody gave me a hard time the only person who had a hard time with it was my dad um and he like really surprisingly um just kind of went along with it after a while i think because like because of religion um yeah in the documentary like my mom kind of was like 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 you're not you're not stepping in this like this is, this is what she is and i don't know exactly what she said to him but it was like clear that she said some things to him and um i mean he's he told me that that she like uh later on that she like it was very insistent about it um I, yeah, he, I mean, he was like devastated when he first heard about it. He couldn't talk to me for like a couple of weeks and, um, he like sent a message saying that he left me, but like, he like wasn't able to talk to me for a while. And eventually we got like, you know, things went back and then he was, um, you know, treating me like his daughter and, um, surprisingly sometimes like it almost seemed like he almost kind of convinced himself because it was maybe just like devastating for him. Um, he, it was like the only way to be okay with that was to say, okay, I guess, I guess, uh, you're a woman, like, um, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, it's, it's not that my son, you know, is doing this. It's, you know, or something like that. But, um, and oddly we kind of, me and my dad and I kind of got a little bit closer, um, during that time, um, like became a little bit more honest with each other. Uh, my parents had just split. Um, just after high school, um, like right after I turned 18. And um, I, when I would go back for the summer from school, I would usually stay with him. Um, and we kind of did get like a little bit closer at that time. Um, but uh, yeah, people, uh, yeah, other, other than that, like people, everybody like, you know, went over backward to like show me respect and people, everybody wanted to be the, you know, be, 
friendly to the trans person and um and and the girls were insistent that the boys better be like nice and they better use the pronouns and all of that stuff um and uh but yeah, yeah i felt uh i found even with a lot of the people who um who were like really on board with the queer theory stuff um like i i wasn't convinced that they were convinced that i was a woman like even though like they to the to the minds they're like it's woman like it's how this works she says she's a woman she is a woman um i think it's awesome you know go you um but i think people just are not really like aware of the all the all the social minutiae that uh all, all the little like minutiae and social interactions that everybody treats males and females differently um and like even if you're even if you accept the the the, the ideology or whatever like you can't you can't really change your instincts um so even the people who were the most willing to to treat me as a woman like i i wasn't convinced that they saw me as a woman um but i couldn't like um you know blame them for it i couldn't like be mad at them for it they were doing everything they could it, I, I didn't i didn't want it to be the sort of thing where people have to uh you know do me this favor it was like again it was like i just wanted it to be like the most natural and normal thing possible for me to just be female and have always always have been female and that it not ever like have been a thing and that to me was like that's what makes gender so significant to people is because it's such a foundational part of how we socialize and interact with each other and i was like it it will never it will never be that i will that i'll have that that um that natural sort of slipping into the category of woman even if society is so kind to me that they will accept me uh, that way they can't do it um they can't make themselves do it i can't you know make myself um so that yeah it was you know things like that that um that just made me think like this will be a you know a lifelong uphill battle um yeah geez like maybe maybe i was kind of right like the first time around thinking about this that um as much as it's really hard to imagine how i would be okay with being a guy um that does that that must be more realistic expect like if somehow one day figuring out be okay with being male um because i am male at least like there's some there has to be some possibility there like if i'm male like there must be some possibility uh, to figure that out whereas you know i'll never i'll never be a woman so that by its very nature will have to be a continual battle um so i that i got that was really kind of impressed upon me um in my, my interview with Benjamin Boyce uh, while I was on LSD um, and was tripping with a friend of mine who had a very bad memory problems. So she would, in the most sincere way, forget <laughs> that he was trans. Um, and uh, and and I knew that it like wasn't her fault and all of that. Um, and like she would, you know, treat me like, you know, like we're girlfriends. And then, but then it would slip. And then I would see, you know, how sincere it was though. But that she still, I could, but I could still see like that she, um, she really liked me though. Like she, um, 
you know, and, and that it was, I guess it kind of like, it kind of helped me see like, I mean, I'm, I'm likable as a guy. Uh, I don't know why I hate the male features about myself so much, but um, yeah, I just, I've described too about how like, um, I like felt like we were like Adam and Eve. Like I got down to this like very like primordial, like I am man, she is woman. Um, and just, you know, just, it would take too long to try to describe, but it was getting down to like, you know, the fundamentals. And eventually I just had to have this moment of honesty and look at myself in the mirror and say like, all right, I'm seeing this dilemma. Like, let's, let's, let's try it. Let's try this like totally fresh from the beginning i'm gonna look at myself in the mirror and see like that i have my male features and like try it on for a second like if i saw the guy like so i i looked at myself in the mirror it wasn't particularly dressed up or any way so i looked like you know like kind of like a like kind of like a surfer dude sort of look is really you know the look that i have with my strong jaws and the long hair um and i looked at myself in the mirror and i was like oh it's not a bad look it was like, um, you know, I just for a moment, I, I just wanted to be honest and be like, well, this is the body I've been given. And and I was really happy with it for a moment there. Um, is it just like just with LSD, like it does kind of like hyper focus you in uh, on just kind of the basic kind of mechanics of your thinking of your thought process and and I just like I decided to just put aside all other things, all the embarrass all the social embarrassment of it, admitting that I was wrong and all that. Um all of the all of the complications that would come about and all of this stuff about how I was gonna like, you know, then now my dad is gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna like, you know, teach you how to be a man now or something. And, you know, that's gonna mean that I'm gonna like work on a farm and you know, stupid, stupid, you know, stuff that I'm thinking that's going through my head like that. Oh, I'm, I now I have to admit that I was wrong about everything. And uh, really like my, I will truly be fulfilled by being like a hardworking, you know, you know, manual labor guy uh, with a wife and kids, uh, you know, just like my dad, um, you know, and that uh, I was just like, yeah, I just, I put aside, I just, I had to like cut through all the, all that stuff. And I was just like, what, and, like, what am I? Who am I? Am I okay with that? I was like, and I was just like, yeah, that's, that's good. It's good to be a guy. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's, a, it's actually a good thing. And uh, I just like that. I was, it's, it's not like I was able to maintain that feeling uh, from then on, but um, it was just like, I saw something that I couldn't unsee still and we could keep referring to and say yeah i have access to that kind of feeling that i'm actually at home in this body and i know that i can't be at home in a in a like pseudo female body like it's not gonna happen um so i just realized I, you know i just realized there's this isn't a good idea to keep going with the transition um uh, uh, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go back. I mean, the feelings are very, very strong. Uh, the wish to be female, but I thought it's definitely, um, at the very least, it's very unclear whether this is a good idea. So I just went off the hormones. I didn't even tell my endocrinologist or anyone. Um, maybe I'll revisit it. Just realized that you know, ever since then, I've had, I've really had no 
temptation to retransition. I've struggled with the, you know, all those feelings. I've tried to be really open with myself about, uh, about feeling gender dysphoric, um, which I struggled with for years after really. I really have like no amount of gender dysphoria has ever really tempted me to transition because it just felt like I experienced so concretely, like it doesn't work. It's not gonna, it's not gonna achieve what I want. It kind of sounds like you've, you've taught yourself to deal with your dysphoria via CBT, essentially. Like it's kind of like a, a like a, something you worked out internally with the aid of LSD. I really kind of like this idea of, of, of treating dysphoria with LSD because that kind of makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, go on. It, uh, yeah, it certainly wouldn't have been the one silver bullet, but it was some it was like one thing that did probably kind bring of explode all the social together. bullshit. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, I've. I've I, I also, I was originally interested in, in psychedelics for like kind of like quasi-spiritual reasons. I sort of thought, well, religion is BS, but psychedelics like actually does something. Um, and like, I was, I felt like uh, it was very important and meaningful to me to figure out what, you know, what that could do. And ever since then, I mean, I've, I've not taken psychedelics. I, I, you know, I won't get into that, but I became very religious, um, uh, pretty much right after that time i became um catholic um and and i i embraced uh, the kind of the catholic mystical tradition which doesn't doesn't this uh, doesn't really work with with using external uh drugs like that psychedelics um is a, it's just a, a very different approach to mysticism um but yeah it, like um apparently something about my like being overly cerebral internal has had its benefit i mean i can't deny that it has like i mean it, it had to have been there to uh, for, have, have some sort of survival purpose for me um to keep me from being overly maybe um impulsive um even though it also led me to be uh well, just overly inhibited. Yeah, just yeah, it's been, it's been a long process trying to trying to find that balance. We've got a very a very uh, kind of inspiring story. I, uh, yeah, appreciate hearing it. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know how long exactly you were planning on going with this because I'm it is a, in a way like a, sort of a seems like a natural stopping point, but I often don't end up mentioning how much there was a school after all of that um that i had to through as i still was dealing with the gender dysphoria for years after because i i do always just like to acknowledge like you know it's not it's not like when i had you know i've had these kind of epiphany moments but like i i say like when i had these epiphany moments like i just you know went right back to all the same feelings it's not like it just obliterated the whole like psychological complex and and and, and struggles i had but it did give me these like memories to refer back to and to be like, yeah, it, it is possible for me to to access some um, connection of feeling at home with my own male body. But then, you know, for years afterward, I've still had a hard time with it. Um, I I gave that, you know, detransitioning, I gave that as an opportunity to stop thinking about gender. It's just like, that is just a, like, it's just like an eyeball trying to like look at itself. It's not, 
it's something that matters to everybody. Um, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not really something you can describe. It's like, or it's like using language to explain what language is, or it's some, one of these weird things. And that's what I think gender is, is a, like a kind of language. Um, so I, I gave myself a break from it, like left it aside and was very happy to just be like, I can just relax like a male line. That's fine. But I still was bound to come back to those feelings. Um, and, and I did. Um, like years later, um, I did have to, um, uh, well, yeah, I, with HRT, I, I have my sex drive was like gone. That was like one of my favorite things after that. I was thinking about a religious vocation, celibate, you know, still trying to get away from, from sexuality, um, completely. And, uh, when I, you know, discerned a religious vocation for a while, um, and then found like, this isn't for me. And I was like, shoot, like, do I want to get married? Which seems extremely daunting to me, but it was like, yes, obviously I always like wanted a girlfriend. Right. So it, it, I, it took a long time to even come back to that. I would say like four years after I detransitioned that I finally became open to dating. Um, it's one thing I'm trying to get to now, but even then I, I have stuff I've got to kind of deal with I think before I'll really be ready for that but um yeah confronting kind of the fact that I like I really am just kind of a simple in some ways just a straightforwardly a, a guy well you know pretty average um straight guy uh, even if I'm you know have this flexibility about my sexuality um and well okay and you know and then the meta sexuality is like they're just both very there um you know, when I realized that I wanted a relationship with a woman that, uh, that brought up a lot of the, the feelings I didn't want to feel, uh, or, like disgust about my male body. So I had to spend a lot of time of having these like, again, these like moments of, um, just like feeling the disgust that I have for my body, not to like, um, finish myself, but to like, just notice, like, I am always walking around being disgusted by my male body. Like, I'm never going to really be able to fully um, own my body and feel at home in it until I can be not verified of those feelings. Um, and it was too painful sometimes to feel it did drive me to like suicidal thoughts and like endless thought loops of, I want to be a woman, but I'm not, but I want to be, but I'm not. And uh, eventually I had to approach feeling just being able to feel the disgust and then notice, but I'm not actually disgusting. Like I'm like, actually like a pretty good looking guy. Um, and I just am a guy. There's nothing wrong with my body. Um, that's, you know, way too abbreviated, but I, I do like to mention that it was like even years after, um, I threw some of that and did have some, some kind of breakthrough moments where I, I did just like let myself sit with the disgust and kind of through it and then kind of come out of it, um, sort of having this refreshing, okayness with my body and then and then i got up and danced there was a day it was a, a physical thing that i like did i got up and danced to some music and yeah i just want to throw that out there because it's a that's a long long story but it's a i feel like that would complete it no then that's that is very good advice um about yeah to not to not bury the dysphoria to to be to be conscious of it to address it and just like again the cbt element of just like talking yourself not talking yourself out of it but just being like this is my body there's nothing wrong with it it's what i have you know this is what yeah. i can do with it and i also think 
like you said, you got, got up and danced, but I think just uh, being, being very physically in your body in any way, you know, like not to be like, Oh, manly manual labor, but I mean like manual labor is one way to do that, to yeah. just kind it of very like, well to could be, be yeah. in your body. Yeah. 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 Yeah, manual labor is is good, you know, for a lot of men. Yeah, or anyone in general, I think, uh, females with dysphoria as well, just like just just mm-hmm. physically occupying your body and not uh, not being in your head about what you wish you you know could be, but just right. to make use of the body that you have is um, is very good in that regard. I think yep. me, as someone who continues to medicalize my dysphoria away, so don't you know take my advice on this. But... <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. It's it's been great to meet you and hear your story. It's yeah, a very it's, it's a very reflective story. You've obviously done a lot of of you know inner inner analysis and uh, and very thoughtful process through it all. Yeah, we really had to. So I appreciate you. Yeah, giving me all the the space to lay that out there. Definitely. And I think I think a lot of people hearing this, uh, most of our audience are um, parents of, of uh, uh, children with gender issues. Um, but I think, yeah, the way that you've approached it, the way that you've kind of uh, uh, unpacked it and, and kind of helped yourself through it uh, could be really inspiring um, to, yeah, to people who have children. We don't have many dysphoric people themselves listening to this. I think most of them, you know, like we all did go down the go down the ideology route to deal with it. Um but hopefully slowly yeah. that, that evolved, changes. Evolved, but already been there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. But I think your story is, is very, it could be very helpful for a lot of people on how to, um, yeah, on how to deal with it. So thank you very much. So thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Transparency Podcast. If you enjoy our content, please help out our algorithm by hitting like or subscribe. If you'd like to make a donation, follow the link to our PayPal account. On behalf of the Gender Dysphoria Alliance, Thanks for your support.